Welcome to a very special episode of Friday's Child, the podcast. This week is Maternal Mental Health Awareness Week, and to honour this very important campaign, I am thrilled to welcome back to the show, author of This Is Postpartum, the wonderful Tilda Timmers. If you'd like to find out more information about Maternal Mental Health Awareness Week, visit maternalmentalhealthalliance.org or follow at Perinatal MH Partnership on Instagram. You can also get involved on socials by using the hashtags Journeys to Recovery and Maternal MH Matters. Now, let's get to my conversation with postpartum specialist and one of the loveliest ladies I've ever had the pleasure of interviewing, Tilda Timmers. Tilda, welcome back to the podcast because this is your second time on Friday's Child. Yeah, I'm so honored. Thank you so much for having me. I am so honored to be speaking to you today. And as I mentioned, this is your second time on the podcast. And this is a very special week because this is Maternal Mental Health Week. And we're recording this episode in honor of that week and to raise awareness and to talk about maternal mental health. So before we get into our chat, in case our listeners don't know about this week, um, let's tell them a little bit about it. So what's your experience with this week? What would you like people to know? Um, yeah, where did this all start, this fantastic, important week? Yeah, so um, as a postpartum specialist, I advocate for maternity mental health, of course, all the time. Uh, I'm the author of This is Postpartum, and I try um, to really grab weeks and moments in time like Maternity Mental Health Week to enlarge the um, importance of this topic because I feel like maternity mental health is such an under mostly and not so much about the mothers and uh I feel that needs to change yeah what do you think Uh, exactly the same and you know before I had my baby this was not a topic that I had ever heard be spoken about and now you could argue that's because I wasn't perhaps in the groups and following um you know, the sort of accounts where people are talking about postpartum and maternal mental health, but it just wasn't something that was spoken about. Um, Even throughout my doctor's appointments, the postpartum period wasn't spoken about. Now there are incredible resources out there, but you very much need to go and find them yourself. Exactly. It's not something that we are kind of educated on, regardless of whether you're pregnant or thinking about having children. So I think it is vital that we talk about this and we have these conversations because, and I don't have the stats to hand. Um, <laughs> I'm busy looking after a baby full time at the moment. So this is a prime exactly. example, <laughs> prime example of I get it, mama. I get it. Time yeah. poor mum, but I know that it's very. It's more common than we would think for women to suffer with postnatal depression oh yeah and you probably know more on the stats than me um well i just posted about this last night on my dutch account is called and it means not on cloud nine after and i i I was telling in the post as well like the stats say that one out of ten mothers is uh experiencing postpartum depression after giving birth but personally i think these numbers aren't correct because these are only the the numbers of the moms that actually tell it that are actually out there looking for help going to their doctor or their psychologist but there are so many moms out there who are not talking about this who are suffering in silence yeah who are so ashamed of their thoughts and feelings that they don't dare to speak up about it and this is why i think maternity mental health week is so important to raise more awareness for all of these moms who are you know battling postpartum depression on their own i mean my heart is breaking for them yeah and this year's theme so every year they have a different theme don't they and this year's theme is journeys to recovery and I think this is particularly poignant because in the UK you know like many parts of the world they have been in and out of lockdowns Mm -hmm. for over a year now and you know women that have had children in that time many of them have not seen a soul since their baby was born and whether you have suffered with postnatal depression or not that is brutal 
<laughs> you know, Very. even if things are going swimmingly, breastfeeding's going well, you're feeling okay, that is still extremely difficult to not be able to have your family around, to not be able to have that sort of that that human contact you know I know things are being done over zoom but not to be able to have the midwife to sit opposite you and, and look you in the eye and have a cup of tea with you so I think this year's theme is really interesting because it really is a journey to recovery as cheesy as that sounds and you know I really want to chat to you more about the recovery process and and what is involved in that and why why is a society we just kind of expect women to have their babies, um, spend six weeks at home and you have your six week check, good to go. And then you kind of are just expected to go back to normal life. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think it's ludicrous if you ask me. And it I is. Think it's crazy. Moms need, moms need way more time than that. And I think during this six-week checkup, I, sh I think there should be, you know, uh, a checklist on uh, uh, postpartum depression or even symptoms and also being thoroughly, you know, asking questions and having a genuine conversation with the mom, not like, okay, did I ask everything? You know, did I see everything physically? Okay, okay, you're good to go. No, just sit down and talk to the new mom in front of you and, um I train maternity nurses as well to recognize the early symptoms of postpartum depression because it's often missed. And, and what are some of the signs, Tilda? Sorry to interrupt, but what are some no of the, the early signs that somebody could be suffering with their mental health? Yeah, well, yeah, the, the baby blues, of course. So the baby blues are what mostly every woman experiences after giving birth, you know, the crying and the hormonal outbursts and the you know, all the things that come along during those mostly two first weeks postpartum. But um, when it doesn't stop after a couple of weeks and you notice that you keep crying and crying and crying, uh, or you have a lot of somber and negative thoughts, mm -hmm. uh, maybe a lot of anxiety, uh, maybe scared to let someone else take care of the baby, uh, intrusive thoughts, uh, not wanting to get out of bed, um, not taking care of yourself. These are early symptoms where I should say, well, if this is already something you recognize, start talking to somebody like in your inner circle about this, because you might, you know, be not, not be on cloud nine, as they say, and, you know, maybe you do need help later on. And it's important to start talking as soon as, as possible. Yeah. And you know, this whole week is about maternal mental health. And that doesn't have to mean that you are suffering with a mental health issue such as, no. you know, postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. This is about looking after your mental health after you have been through a natural trauma, which is what birth is. And so, yes, it's natural and our bodies are made to do this, but it is, a, it is a trauma on our bodies. And even if you've had a really smooth, positive birth experience, like I did, you still feel, I mean, I'm trying to find the words. After you've had a baby, it's, it's so overwhelming, isn't it? It's just, totally. you know, physically you're recovering. Your whole world has changed overnight. Yes, you've had nine months to prepare, but nothing can really prepare you for no. what happens when your when your little one no. arrives. And you probably would have needed ten years of preparation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know, the sleep deprivation is a big thing that starts oh, to kick in. And you know, we have to be so aware of how we're feeling. And obviously, your your instinct is to just everything goes into that little baby and you kind of yeah. stop looking after yourself. But we have to totally. talk about this because you have to check in with yourself. You have to find a way to kind of just take a few, few moments each day and go, right, well, how am I feeling? You know, what's a little thing I can do today to make, to make sure I'm okay. And it can, and that can seem impossible in those early days. Basically impossible. Yeah. I remember, not eating because I just didn't think about it. And people who know me know Tilda eats all day, every day, all the time, <laughs> never not eating. So I remember standing in the kitchen and feeling so shaky. Mm. I think my breast, my breast milk just came in and I was so shaky. And, and uh, my maternity nurse said, 
you're very pale. Are you okay? I said, no, I'm feeling very lightheaded, very shaky. She said, when was the last time you ate? And I literally stood still and was like, can't remember. (laughs) So she made me sit down. She made me like a whole meal and kept telling me that you need to eat. Breastfeeding is very hard on your body. You had a very difficult birth. Your body needs to heal. You need to fuel yourself with energy. And I think that's also regarding recovery. It's refueling not only your body with food, but also refueling your mental state of mind because it's such a change in your life. Mm. You have this whole responsibility of taking care of a tiny human being that's completely depending on you. At the same time, you don't sleep, you're hormonal, and you have to find your new self. And that is, I think, one of the most difficult things for new mothers. Like, who am I right now? Who is this new person? I'm a mom, but who am I right now? Did you experience that as well? I'm still experiencing it. <laughs> I, I, can, I can imagine. Yeah, I'm because s- how old is your baby? My baby is, she'll be 10 months on the 17th of May. And I had her at a very funny time in my life. I felt quite lost anyway. I was sort of, you know, at a bit of a, a career crossroads and I you know it was summer here and I was struggling to get work in my in my industry and I was a bit I was a little bit lost anyway and then I had her and I did think one of my first thoughts other than being obviously elated was well this is great because people always talk about losing themselves when they have a baby I'm so lost anyway that maybe she'll help me find my way And in many ways she has, but I'm still very much figuring out, you know, I had a conversation with my mum earlier today, which resulted in me crying because I have made the decision to go back to a full-time role. And Mm. um, obviously the podcast will continue. That's not going anywhere, but I've I've made that decision. I've had an opportunity and I'm really excited about it. But then in my mind, I'm thinking, but I'm choosing to leave my baby. And how awful is that? And, you know, what kind of mother does that make me? And am I selfish? And how can I trust someone, somebody else with her? And, you know, and I, you know, was chatting to my mum about it, crying. And, you know, my mum's worked her whole life. And, you know, as she said, you know, do you remember me not being there? Did, you, did I miss out on anything? And of course she didn't. My mum was so present and amazing. But I'm still very much going through that, you know, I haven't left her since she was born and other than for a couple of hours and but there are still things I want as Peter as myself separate to my baby and that's very hard for me to get my head around and that all that guilt creeps in and yeah it's a it's it's a it's such a strange it's such a strange thing to be going through and I I've heard friends talk about it, but until you're in it, I don't think you can fully comprehend how kind of overwhelming overwhelming it can be. And uh, yeah, I, I still have days where, uh, yeah, I'm like, this is really hard. I'm trying to be a great mom. I'm trying to be a great wife. I'm trying to be a great friend. I'm trying to pursue passions. I'm trying to, you know, have a career. And, and it almost virtually does seem impossible at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear this a lot in my practice as well. And I think a lot of mothers feel guilty, like yeah, you just told me about resuming work or leaving your baby behind with a total stranger or choosing yourself besides your baby, besides being a mother. And if, if moms listen to this, I think it's important to underline the message that um, recovery is also about finding yourself. So if in line of finding yourself, it means that you want to work, that's totally fine. You know, I think the mom shaming needs to stop where we tell women it's not okay if you work. And because, you know, you, you basically can't win, you know. If you're not breastfeeding, you, you're a bad mother. If you're st- staying at home, you are basically a waste of your, of your degree because you studied and you've, uh, you know, you're not using your diploma. And when you do work, you're a bad mother because you leave your child behind. You know? And I can ha- give you another 20 examples yeah. of this. And yeah. never, ever in a million years is this ever about, like men never have to deal with these issues. Not, yeah. not ever a man is ever asked, like, hey, how is, uh, how is the new dad role? 
or do you find it hard choosing to go to work? Yeah. Never. Do you feel guilty leaving your baby? Exactly. Never. Never. It's and infuriating to me. <laughs> it is. And it's, and you're right. If I chose to not go back to work and to just purely be at home, I'd feel guilty that I wasn't earning money. I feel guilty that I wasn't using my my brain in a different way. You know, there's so many other things I would feel guilty for. And I think also people need to be more honest about how you cannot do it all. Because sometimes, you know, and there are some amazing people on social media. I love social media. I think there are way more positives than negatives. But sometimes I do look at people, and I'm like, how are they managing all of this? Like, how are they doing all of this? And I know you're only yeah. seeing the highlights, but I think we also have to be really honest as mothers and women that you're going to need help. And, oh, and yeah. also acknowledging that if you choose to stay at home with your baby, that is also like a full-time job. In it's fact, it's a full-time harder job, than a full-time job. Because I think can't it's one and a half off. FTE, to be, <laughs> yeah. exact, to be exact. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. having done it for, for almost 10 months now, it's the hardest job I've ever had. Yeah, I did it for a year or over because, of course, I was in postpartum depression and I didn't work for over a year. And I remember thinking, I need to use my brain for something else because I can't anymore. <laughs> I cannot only talk about diapers and, you know, the frequency and the substantial of her poo and her, yeah. <laughs> you know, I need to use my brain again. I really much very much uh, felt that necessity and i think you know the, the the feeling of moms that i can't win is something that is really resonating right now and i feel so bad for all these moms because you are all doing an amazing job if you're listening to this you are amazing mama if you're either working or not working if you're breastfeeding or bottle feeding if you are a single mom if you're a married mom it's all good you are a rock star and for even you know doing all of it and I think this week of Maternity Mental Health Week should be all about us moms empowering each other and helping each other through that recovery phase. So if you see your mom friend struggle, ask her, like, how can I help? How can I get you through this? Or uh, if you're a mom in desperate need of help and somebody's offering it, please say yes. You know, you're not failing if you're, if you're needing help. It takes a village to raise a child. So you don't have to do this alone. Yeah. And that is something that I have come to terms with now because for a long time, I, I was very naive to think that I could look after her full time, freelance a little bit, have my podcast, which is my passion. Um, you know, take her to activities, keep on top of the housework, have a social life. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, how can one person do all of that and do it to a standard which, um, you know, the, the standard, we all want to do things to a high standard. We want to be the best mum. We can be the best friend. It's impossible. And, and why do I even think, think that I can and put that on myself? Because husbands are not, um, expected to do all of these things not bashing husbands by the way um, my husband is wonderful but why do we why do we even put that pressure on ourselves and feel like a failure for accepting help and I'm past that now I'm now at the point where I know I need help it will be good for all my family and it will benefit us and it's not about failing it just does take a village but for a long time I felt no, I must keep going. I must do everything, must do everything myself and not ask for help. Yeah. And it's so sad because I think it's not only the pressure we put on ourselves as moms, but it's also the pressure that it's put on us by society mm. and by social media. Because for some reason we're in 2021, but the standards are still like this. If you talk about the, the ratio for men versus, versus women, like we do, we're just talking about, you know, it's, it's, it's mind blowing that, you know, we're still talking about this and that we're still doing most of the work as women and men just go on their day and, you know, close the door behind them and go to work and say, well, bye. <laughs> and my husband is wonderful too. And he does a lot when he's home, but he's a surgeon, for example. So he's gone a lot too. So ever since I started my own practice and uh, writing my books, my workload has tripled, but 
the you know in the meantime i we had a second baby it's not that the housework got any less yeah <laughs> so i was also juggling a lot of balls and now you know and i hired a team to help me with my company and i hired you know somebody who helps me out in my house and it, it's such a relief to have other people helping you and not carrying the load all the time by yourself and of course i'm fortunate to be able to to do this because i have the resources but mm. if you don't you know um for example if you have a friend who offers to cook a meal for you just say yes or if your mom offers to babysit uh, your baby or take her for the night do it because you need it you know you need that extra night of sleep you need that that warm meal to be cooked for you it's totally fine to say yes yeah and we for some reason as women we're just not always good at accepting the help but it really is a strength to be able to say yes to help because that's only going to make you a better mum if you can get a little bit of rest if you can have a bit of respite if you can have some help with the house or just have an afternoon where you know your friend takes your baby or whatever it may be that's only going to make you a better mum I have been finding myself recently getting frustrated with my daughter because I'm so exhausted and she doesn't know that it's not her fault but she's at that age where she refuses to lie down when I'm changing her nappy. She wants to be sat up. She wants to be climbing. She's, she's so active. And at the end of the day, I'm so tired and I can feel myself getting frustrated and I don't want to be that mum. So what am I going to do? Just continue being a martyr and get more and more tired? Or am I going to say, do you know what? This isn't working. I can't do everything. So can I get a little bit of help in some of these areas? Um, so that yeah. I can be the best mum possible. Uh, but but I don't know why it's it's taken me a few months to get there and it's been a real battle in my mind. And it really shouldn't be. <laughs> no, definitely not. No, because it's hard enough as it is, right? And I think a lot of moms feel like like this at some stage of the day. You know, some people are morning people, some people are evening people. I am also very tired at the end of the day. I'm not at my best. So I know that. So I just lowered the bar a lot. And by just, you know, uh, making meals, sometimes eating in front of the TV, you know, all the stuff that I said I would never do. (laughs) I'm doing all of that right now because it's helping me. It's helping the kids. And it's just way more cozy in our house when we eat in in, in front of a Disney movie than having another challenge where the the pasta is flying around the Room. <laughs> yeah yeah you yeah, have to basically. do whatever it takes to get yeah. through the day and sometimes it is you know letting them eat their, their food in front of the the ipad or the tv or you know yeah. you guys getting a takeaway because you're too tired to cook and it yeah it is it is lowering the bar because we do set ourselves sometimes really unrealistic expectations and we're constantly in search of this holy grail of balance and it just doesn't exist. You cannot have everything balanced. Um, And I was chatting to a friend the other day and she was saying, when you think of balance, you think of sort of weighing scales and you think of an, an even weight either side. Well, that's not realistic because you can't give evenly to every area of your life every single day. So instead try and look for harmony, you know, try and look for, the little bits of joy and try and, you know, some days you will be giving more to your child than perhaps your friend or some days, you know, I don't even have a conversation with my husband because he gets in from work. He's so tired. We sit and watch a movie together, eat our dinner and that's it, you know? Um, And some days I can't give a lot to him because I'm so tired and, and vice versa. So I think it's, I think, and that really struck a chord when my friend said that to me, because I thought, yeah, you're right. Why are we all trying to get balance? It doesn't exist. Well, I think, I think it, it can exist, and but it starts existing when you realize that there will be moments when you're feeling like this mm. and moments when you feel like this. And that also evens out and makes a balance. Balance looks different for every other exactly. person. And if you find your own balance or your own version of balance, then it's fine. I think balance does exist, but you need to work on that. So it means uh, me time every day, at least 30 minutes. I prefer more. It uh, means setting boundaries. So you know that if you don't want to do something, you're not doing it. Saying no 
for example, is a very important topic. I talk about this a lot with my clients. I think um, research has shown that, for example, if you say no more um, in your work environment, people respect you more and find you more kind, not the other way around. And these three things are very valuable if you want to find more balance in your life as a mom. So I teach moms that in my uh, one-on-one program a lot, but we talk about it in group sessions as well, because every mom can relate to this, you know, finding balance is hard, but it starts within yourself. Yeah, I definitely struggle with saying no. Yeah, you do? Yeah. You want to tell me? Well, I was listening to a really good interview with Brene Brown and Russell Brown. Oh, I love Brene Brown. I'm reading her book right now, The Power of Vulnerability. I just, I love her. And she was saying, and I can't remember the, the exact story, but she was basically saying that she did this study on boundaries. And actually the most boundaried people are the people with the most empathy. And you would think that that wouldn't be the case because we think of really empathetic people as people that are always there for you. And, um, you know, are, are people are people pleasers and people that, you know, want to help and be there. And, and, and actually that's not the case at all, because like you said, if you say no, and you're very clear with your boundaries, people respect that more and you protect yourself. And we, I think, struggle to say no, because we're worried about what it looks like. We don't want people to think that we are rude or, you know, we don't want to help or, you know, and sometimes like just saying no isn't enough we then feel we have to give this really long explanation yeah exactly of why yeah, <laughs> yeah no you don't need to do that you can just say uh, no or no thank you and thank that's, you. that's it no, yeah thank you. and um yeah I'll have to find the piece for you and send it to you because you'll love it but Please. it was amazing how she explained it and well I think because if you're very empathic you're probably very sensitive as well and if I look uh, at the moms who come to my practice, a lot of a lot of these sensitive and very empathic uh, moms have a trouble finding their boundaries because they want to help and you know please everyone. I was one of those moms as well, and now, like so many years later, I have never said as many no's in a week <laughs> as I do today. And it's necessary because if I don't set healthy boundaries, I will get burned out because I have a family that always comes first and I have work that I absolutely adore, but I also need time for myself. So whenever I can, I plan me time moments during the day or in the weekend when my husband is home and I just go and do it. Otherwise I get burned out as well. Yeah. And and the burnout thing is uh, it's happened to me a few times um oh, I'm so sorry. in in my life not just since having a baby and no. because sometimes we just ignore our, what our bodies are trying to tell us and we just keep going and going and going and i actually had a week not that long ago where i cancelled everything and i just needed to be at home for a week i just needed to not have to rush out the door and get anywhere and just be at home and I hate canceling things and I had some play dates and some meetings and a podcast recording and I just had to cancel it because I, I I could tell I was just getting exhausted and I just needed that week of just staying still. And it kind of comes back to that balance thing because I think you're right. You can have balance, but that looks different to other, other people. But I think what we, what we sometimes I think get confused about is can can I sort of give give everything at the same standard to everything in my life at the same time and that week I just realized hang on a minute I haven't done anything for myself in weeks and what I'm needing to restore my balance is just to stand still for a little bit and you know have an admin week and catch up on those emails and catch up on things and and I felt awful doing it but the actual week was just what I needed. And nobody got angry with me. Everybody understood and life went on. So, you know, there you go. Why do we, why do we get so scared about it? Because you're right, you know, no, it's okay to say no. It's 
just yeah, no, thank I, you. It's, <laughs> no, no, thank you. Yeah, and I think it, I all, all also see it like in my in my daughter already. She's now just turned seven, and I think setting boundaries for her is also very difficult. And I think we need to be an example for our kids as well. You know, mm. I don't want my daughter to be as as a people pleaser as I was, you know, for example. So I tell her that no is an answer as well. I mean, if you don't like it, you don't have to say yes. Yeah. And I think as a mom, ask yourself a couple of questions before you answer the question that somebody's asking, like, do I do I want this? Can I do it? And do I have the energy for it? And if one of these three questions is no, then please don't do it. Yeah. And that that is such an important um sort of little tool those steps to go through um and it's such a clever way of helping you preserve your mental health particularly in those sort of first three months that fourth trimester which is a very very sensitive time and when people do want to see you and they want to come around and it's okay for you to say not right now thank you or you know maybe another time or just no it's it's okay to do that you do not have to you do not have to do anything you don't want to no and if your gut feeling is saying no right away then you have then you'll have your answer you know I always respond very primarily to questions because if it doesn't feel right I don't do it but it took me years to get there because I never followed my mom tuition you know I just let everybody else decide over me. And now I am very confident, very, you know, strong-minded in my own version of my motherhood. But I wasn't like this seven years ago. No, it took me years and years to work on that and and learning how to say no and to not give a crap about what everybody else thought of that because I I just needed to say no. Yeah, you have to sort of practice it, don't you? I, I try and practice it now, really tune in. Like what what is my gut saying about this? Yeah. Drown out the noise. What do I think about this? Because your gut instinct, it knows, but we often just sort of ignore it, don't we? Um, oh, yeah. And you're so right what you said about setting an example for your daughter. We, we are their role models. Never mind what they're going to be influenced by on social media and friends in the playground. We are their biggest role models, what we do at home and what they're seeing. So they need to see us setting clear boundaries. And, yeah. and I need to remind myself of that when I'm spreading myself thin and, and agreeing to doing too many things. And, you know, and it's all, it's from a good place. But again, you know, is this good for me? <laughs> is, this, is this helping with my, my, my mental health? Um, yeah. And I wanted to ask you, Tilda, because I'm, I'm quite fascinated by how much of postpartum depression and anxiety do you think is a chemical imbalance and something that has happened because of our hormones and you know what we've been through after birth and how much of it do you think is sort of circumstantial and perhaps for example, you've had your baby in the middle of a global pandemic that was not mm. part of the plan. How much of it do you think is one or the other? Um, because I think when I hear people talk about postpartum depression, a lot of women say, you know, it just it just hit me out of nowhere. And I just didn't think I was the sort of person that this would happen to. You know, I haven't suffered with any depression before. So what's your sort of take on that? Well, first of all, uh, it doesn't mean if you have postpartum depression, uh, doesn't, I mean, it's, it doesn't matter if you have postpartum depression or just not on cloud nine, or you just feel insecure and everything in between. I think there's so many versions of mm-hmm. not being on cloud nine after giving birth, right? But some things can, um, um, you know, add to the problem. For example, if your mom had it, then chances are higher that you will get it. If something traumatic happens during your pregnancy, like a loss of an important person in your life, moving, loss of a job, these things have a huge impact on your mental state of mind. Then, um, for example, if you had a traumatic birth, that adds on top of that. Um, If you're sensitive to hormonal disbalance, like you just uh, said, there's a high chance you will suffer from that more after giving birth, especially when you breastfeed. 
um, this is not something that is being talked about a lot because you always shoot breastfeed, right? Because breast is best. And I think that's not true because I feel like if you want to bottle feed your baby because it's better for your mental state of mind, you should do that. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many high standards or breastfeeding and I just can't because I feel like fat is best, period. Mm. Um, but coming back to your question, so there are many, many factors. And on top of that, we're in a global pandemic, which is incredibly hard on women. Like, especially the, the first wave where women had to give birth alone and the partners couldn't even be there. I mean, can you even imagine? It's, it's so hard. And then when you live in Dubai, for example, and you don't have your parents around and, um, or you're just, you know, in the lockdown and you can't see anyone, not talk to your midwife. Um, it's such an isolating process. And um, with my book, I really hope to help all these lonely women out there that are still in the, in, you know, in the lockdown or sitting at home with their babies alone, not knowing what to do. Like, please read my book. Also, if you're not feeling like, like you're depressed, there's so many stories in there from other moms. And mm-hmm. I talk about relationships and about, you know, for your self-esteem or finding your new role as a mother. There's so many topics in that book that will help you go through this. Yeah, and I think it's so important to connect with other women who are going through the same thing as you, you know, at the exact same time. Because, and obviously, whether that's connecting, you know, via Instagram or virtually or in a Facebook group, whatever it might be, because that that sort of connection helps you not feel like you're the only person in the world feeling this way and going through it and that's really comforting um and that goes for anything whether you're struggling to feed your baby whether it is bottle or breastfed or you know you're struggling with sleep to be able to hear that somebody else is having the same issues as you it really is comforting and it and it just helps you not feel so alone um in a very lonely time you know this is this is an incredibly lonely time for a lot of new mothers. Um, and yes, we do have the wonders of, um, you know, social media and, and we can connect, but it is different. And sometimes also, you know, when you are feeling that way, the last thing you want to do is kind of put yourself out there and, and be vulnerable and, and share. Um, are there, other than your incredible book, are there any other... Um, resources that you recommend particularly for women who maybe aren't ready to sort of talk themselves but just perhaps want to read other people's stories or just find out more information yeah I think there are a lot of amazing podcasts about motherhood you could could listen to for example I have one as well (laughs) super mom is a fraud where we're debunking the perfect mother myth every time another one and I feel like when I, I do this with Sarah Bebaker and when we do this together, like we always have so many topics to talk about, but also our own input about how we experience mm. it as mothers. And, you know, if, if we both talk about motherhood, it's always raw and, and, and open and honest because that's, I feel like that's what most women need to hear. Yeah. You know, you don't want the, the, the Insta perfect version of the podcast. No, you want the real deal. And I think that is important. So find, that podcast that you like or your online tribe because there are many facebook groups many instagram pages that you can follow that are you know also debunking and a lot of uh, perfect mother myths like i am and um you know who keep it real and the more you surround yourself with people who Mm -hmm. keep it real the more your version of motherhood will become more realistic and that you don't need to live up to these impossible standards yeah i i think i you know, I didn't suffer with um, postpartum depression. Um, I definitely had intrusive thoughts. And we spoke about that on our last episode. Yeah, I was really taken aback with the resentment I felt towards my husband. That was something that nobody warned me about. I really resented him in those first few months. And he, he, and, and I don't think, he he couldn't have done anything right because I just did feel so resentful and I just felt I just felt like it's so easy for you like it's so easy for you you know and having spoken to a few of my mum friends and listened to other podcasts I realized okay well this is actually quite a common feeling and you must communicate and you must you, you must communicate how you're feeling and, and ask for more help if you feel that that's, that's the issue. But that was something that 
for my postpartum journey, I was really like, wow, like where did this come from? I didn't, I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, got you off guard. It really did. I was like, I'm having these really like strange feelings towards him. I feel just very resentful and yeah, it was, it was really strange. It was probably also a sign that you were really overwhelmed Mm. and doing a lot on your own. I think so. Yeah. And I think and then that it comes back to setting boundaries as well. Also in your relationship, right? That if you don't does. set boundaries with your partner, you start feeling resentment for him or her because, you know, you're basically carrying the load by yourself, but you also choose to do that by yourself subconsciously because you feel like you should be able to do that because you're yeah. a mom now, right? You should be able to juggle all the balls by yourself. So it also comes back to setting healthy boundaries in your relationship, saying no to your partner sometimes and saying, hey, I need you to do this and this for me. I can't do it right now. And it's something that all new mothers have to learn because, you know, it's it's difficult and it's a big adjustment. Yeah. And it's also having those uncomfortable conversations. And we had a really good conversation where, you know, he said to me, sometimes you make it really hard for me to help you because I help and then you criticize. And then I don't feel confident to to try again because you've kind of just criticized the way I've I've tried to help. So I had to acknowledge that as well because I was doing that. And so, but once we opened up that conversation and we could talk about it, I was aware of it. And then I would do things like if he, if he was helping me settle her, I just leave the room and just let him you know, because sometimes it's really hard as a mom to not peer over and go, no, 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 try this, try, you know. And yeah. so I just <laughs> helicopter mom. Helicopter mom. Again, didn't realize I was going to be one of those. Thought I'd be very chilled <laughs> out. No. Oh, I think we've um, all been there. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and I had to really kind of, you know, consciously go, just walk out the room, let him do his thing. It's okay if it's a different way. And we've got now to a really good place where like he knows how to do his things with her and he has his way with her. And that's wonderful. But I really had to work on that because I was getting all resentful, but then I wasn't communicating. And then when he did try to help, I'd criticize. And, and that's how men can end up feeling really pushed out. And, you know, yes, again, it all comes from this like place of I'm just trying to be the best mom possible. But sometimes, you know, you do have to kind of relinquish a little bit of control. That is their father. (laughs) You know, they need to, to, to have their time to bond and learn just as you are on the job as well. So that was something for me that I was really like, wow, I didn't think it was going to be like that. I thought we just kind of, you know, we're such a kind of, happy healthy couple I thought we just you know find our stride immediately and we didn't it's taken time but a lot of couples don't and you know he's the co-founder of your baby yeah (laughs) so you know your baby has 50% of his genes so of course he knows what to do and I think a lot of couples don't realize that in the beginning is a struggle and sometimes couples struggle for years and years which why I feel like you should never take like important decisions about pursuing or ending a relationship in the first maybe five years of your child's life because it's just hard work man and you don't want to take important decisions like this before you at least go to couples therapy or you know work through it like you guys did and of course many other couples who went through the same and I think getting over that resentment was was really hard for you. And I applaud you for, you know, talking to him, working through it. It's such an important part of, you know, saving your relationship, basically. Yeah. And I think sometimes it can just boil down to, do you know what? I'm too exhausted to have the conversation. And I think that's how sometimes relationships can fall apart. And I know things aren't that black and white, but you are so exhausted that sometimes you just think, I'll talk about it tomorrow. But then tomorrow becomes a week, a month, two months. And then before you know it, a year's passed and you're in this sort of like vicious cycle. And the amount of times I had to go, I know I'm so tired, but I need need to have this conversation with him. I need to tell him how I'm feeling. You also cannot read my mind. And, you know, I am a bit of a workhorse. I will just kind of like you know, pile on another load and just carry on. And inside I'm like dying. Why is nobody helping me? Well, you're not, you're not asking for it. And from the outside, you look like you're fine. So, and he would say that to me, he's like, but you just seem so good. Like, and I'm like, yeah, but I'm not, 
you know so I think that that's that's something that um I know is very common but again it's not really spoken about it's just you know you have this baby and it's the best thing that ever happened to you and it's all love hearts and flowers and and yes it is incredible but it is also a massive bombshell in your relationship it is it is and i think the 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 maternity mental health week should also be about the dads and about the relationships and about all all of the the dynamic within you your relationship changes once the baby has come because recovery is also about you know uh, when will you have sex again for example or uh, how do you come over that whole imbalance that you know dads often feel neglected because moms only you know give a lot of attention to the baby and um husbands or men sometimes have a hard time seeing how much their wives have changed or you know it's yeah it's crazy and i think it's so important to talk more and more about this it's yeah. so important yeah and it's and it is so important for dads to be aware of some things that could happen during that postpartum recovery period so that they're they're not caught off guard by things as well um yeah because it is such a, a, a crucial, sensitive time. Um, yeah. And it's important for dads to be educated as well. And we said this before, didn't we? Like dads need to read your book as well. It's not just for mums. Yeah, exactly. And also for the dads who are suffering from postpartum depression themselves, because that is a topic that hardly anybody talks mm-hmm. about. A lot of dads that come to me say like, hey, listen, I don't feel like I I can complain because my wife carried the baby for nine months. She gave birth to our baby. Why should I be the one getting depressed? And I feel like dads also need to be involved in this conversation that postpartum health and maternity mental health also needs to be about the fathers and including the partners and including, you know, both of them in this entirely, in this entire process. Because it's 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 imperative for surviving that first period together yeah and their life has changed dramatically as well yeah exactly the the, the fathers and i mean it's hardly ever spoken about you know the the father's mental health postpartum all the focus is on mum and baby and you know i i do know friends whose whose partners have really struggled um but, you know, just by the very nature of men, I mean, I'm generalizing, but they they don't tend to confide in a, in a friend about how they're feeling or, or meet up with their friends and chat about these things as, as we sort of do quite naturally. Um, so it's sort of an even harder case to crack, I think, because yeah, it is. it is such a taboo subject and there needs to be so much work done on that because everybody needs to be supported in the family not just absolutely the mum um Tilda I know you're doing so much this week to to raise awareness for maternal mental health week so can you share a little bit about some of the things you're doing is there anything that we can get involved in um yeah tell us tell us what your week is going to look like I'm doing a lot of uh, Insta Lives and podcast interviews this week um I just received email that I was published in a like in a magazine I was quickly see if I can find it um it's so amazing to see what is happening and I think um talking to all these amazing people that I met during my uh, time in um Dubai was also so um helping in this entire week founding you know all the contacts uh wait I, I found it I found it um I am in the connector oh wonderful yeah yeah i'm in a connector yeah it's it's amazing so you can find me there and um yeah i think just checking my instagram this is postpartum or the dutch one uh, Geen Rosenbolk, and just see um you know you can watch the replays of the insta lives i'm doing and of course are my own podcast super mom is a fraud and if you want to find my book you can find me on amazon.com amazing and you can also go to the perinatal mh partnership instagram and they're the organizers of of this week and they're posting um obviously so much content um with resources and stories um and i'll also share the website as well in the show notes maternal mental health alliance so that people can find all the information and they're also um 
I think I'm just looking now I believe that they have sort of an online um kind of an online resource if you're in the UK um with various different uh, you know support groups and um people that can support you during your postpartum I think I'm on that webpage as well yeah um I mean it doesn't you don't have to be just in the UK um but obviously if this is if this is something that you're looking to do in person a lot yeah. of these people will be in the UK um but with the powers of zoom we can talk to people all over mm-hmm. the world now um and they have also um some activities like facebook lives and various different things going on as well so um i'll i'll post the link in the show notes um yes and oh, i told it was just so nice to talk to you about yeah about all things sort of it was a great talk. and mental health and you know we both agreed to sort of just come on here and have a chat and um i think it, it goes to show that your postpartum recovery doesn't stop after six weeks six months six years like you're always in postpartum so it's kind of I I always thought it would it would sort of get easier as Mavia got older in terms of you know she becomes more independent but in many ways it's becoming harder because she demands more I have things I want to explore the juggle is getting harder it, it it's it's definitely getting more challenging than it is getting easier in many ways the newborn days were almost I mean they were hard in a different way but you know you you put them down and they stay in one place um <laughs> you know it's it's very different yeah, now so it is I'm still very much in my recovery and working on it daily and I don't think that will stop no, I think, you know, it will, it, it's a work in progress. You know, I call it the school of life. You learn every day as a mother and um, there is no such thing as a perfect mother. You know, there's a million ways to be a good one and you can learn to be how, how to be a good one every day, you know, and just take it step by step. Oh, Tilda, thank you so much. I will put all your info um, in the show notes. I'll also put the link to our previous episode because we chatted a lot there, didn't we? About yeah, um, it was amazing. Postpartum depression, um, anxiety. Your book, your own personal story as well. Um, so I'll put the link to that in the show notes. And I can't wait to follow everything you're doing this week. And thank you. Thank so you. Much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Tilda. Thank you so much once again to Tilda for giving her time to this podcast during such a busy week. You can find links to Tilda's Instagram accounts and where to find her book, This Is Postpartum, in the show notes below. I'm excited to share with you that our brand new series, Series 4, will be launching later this month and I have some incredible guests lined up. So stay tuned via our Instagram at Friday's Child for more updates. Now, before I say bye, please remember to rate, review and subscribe to Friday's Child, the podcast to help us reach more wonderful mamas. Until next time, thank you for listening.